All right, all right. Let's get this party started. It is Friday, Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time here on the West Coast. We are Success Never Sleeps. I am Brandon Beliso, as always. This is my weekly Q&A, and I got a real special guest going to be joining me today. As we get the party started, go ahead and put in your name. Let me know where you're tuning in from, and make sure you share this, because if you share this event, you're entered into a digital drawing where you can win a 30-minute discovery call with me. It's wonderful to sit there in a phone call and just chop it up. Ideas are free, and only if they fit your value system does that inspire you to want to create an action plan and take action on it. So I love sitting there in think tanks and talking it up and figuring things out because everything's possible. I think we've learned that in the past year that all bets are off. The old way of doing things no longer exists. It's a new day and there's a new way, so it's open to all the disruptors to go out there and do anything that they choose. And that's the cool thing about it. And I love disruption. You know me. It's huge on my list. So let me begin by thanking my sponsors as always. I love my sponsors. First of all, my studio. My studio simply the best CRM system out there. You know what's inherent of a great software? Constant updates. Everybody have an iPhone? Okay. How often do you get updates? Every week we have an update on our iPhone, right? That's an earmark great software. If you follow my studio... It's an app-based CRM system, and what's unique about it is that my clients, we no longer have a front desk in our school. We've never had a program director, but we no longer have a front desk. By the time people walk through the door, it's a touchless system. They've already registered for a trial. They come in, they do their trial, and then we share with them, go back into your app and purchase a membership. We were even thinking about mailing them the uniform so they can wash it and have it ready on the first day. So I really love my studio. If you're looking for a great CRM system, it's the way to go. Again, we understand what separates martial arts from anything else, any other child's activity in this whole world is life skills. And if you're on the cutting edge of character development, you're on the cutting edge of life skills education, you position yourself as that investment. You're no longer an extracurricular activity. You are an investment for your child. And that's super cool. When parents view you as an investment versus six weeks of soccer or something of that nature, it's a whole new day. As far as what you can charge, it's a whole new day. As far as retention, it's a whole new day. Kids love life skills is simply that. It's on the cutting edge of child development. It's on the cutting edge of creating a culture. It's a culture-based life skill system that allows you, between the parent, the instructor, and the student, you're creating this village of character development. And last but not least, my sister in LC Accounting, I give her lots of love. She's a jiu-jitsu player. She does Kenpo as well. And she's worked with she's working with Steven Reinstein of Market Muscle. She works with me. She works with Chris Rodriguez at GoPro. And she's also my consultant, Chris Rodriguez's. My sister works for her. So my sister's making her rounds. So if you got people like Steven and Chris and myself using her, it's something I would definitely take a look at. Cool, cool, cool. What else do I got coming up? It's Time Live Change. This four-day event, November 13th through 16th in San Francisco, is an amazing retreat. Four days. We had 20 spots. They sold up like that. And this event is when? November. November. This event is November. And already it's sold out. But we opened up seven more spots, seven more spots for the 4D event. You want to be there. You want to be, you want to be where? You want to be there for It's Time Live Change, November 13th through 16th, right here in San Francisco, California. Actually, Millbrae, five minutes from the airport, five minutes walking distance from your hotel. You want to change your life personally, professionally, relationship in your business, in your vision. It's Time Live Change is the place to be. Cool, cool, cool. All right, I'm going to take this moment to bring this guy on because I don't want to waste any time. Let's see if I can get him somewhere in this room. I just brought him in from the waiting room. Let me split the screen. Hanshi, sir, can you hear me? Let, let me say I'm going to ask to unmute you, sir, and then go ahead and unmute your mic. You go. We good. Are we good? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you, Hanshi, sir? Life is good. How about you, sir? You know, I feel like a one-legged man in a kick-button contest, but it's been an amazing, it's been an amazing year. You know, one of the greatest gifts that I've ever learned from you is to always look at things. They don't happen to me. They happen for me. And in this past year, I mean, I'm in the best shape of my life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. You know, we're still fighting our way through this pandemic. We just opened in San Francisco last week. Millbury's been open for a little under a month, but we're already seeing record numbers. But what's ironic is much like you, we pivoted hard into virtual. 
you know, I, I saw your whole platform and we're doing the same thing. We're running 600 students virtually, another 200 outdoors and parking lots and basketball carts and indoor is still starting to grow. So that's that's it in a nutshell. I got that's you. It. Well, you've been moving and shaking, no doubt about it, man. Doing some great stuff to be sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So how about you guys? Talk to me. I mean, you've you know, been it's, it's been the same thing. It's 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 a, we're we're right now. We we came into the pandemic and of course pivoted really quickly to you know online training. Uh, I think we were we had our we were on Zoom by you know we, we are you know by two days after right, uh, and uh, we uh, ended up we are still in the park in the parking lot. Uh, live limited and on Zoom. So we're everywhere, right? Private lessons, you know, we're doing everything we can. It's uh, It's been really interesting. Of course, I'm not going to say that it's been easy because it hasn't been. No. Um, but uh, it, it's it's the, the team has really rallied together. It's, it's uh, uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, we continued, we went from our active count amongst our eight locations. We started with an active count of almost 3,000 members amongst the eight locations. And uh, we dropped down to just over 1,700 by by like May. So we we took a big hit. Uh, we ended up shutting down two locations permanently, but it's okay because those one of them was already not it hadn't been underperforming for years, and the other one, uh, the timing was right. The neighborhood. So, but we were able to fortunately uh, move a big chunk of those members back to other locations. So it was really a you know blessing in disguise. And now when we 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 reopen up. Uh, newer locations, they'll be in better areas with better centers. And since the first of the year, our, our, we've, we've got a, a net new corporate wide of, I think, almost 300 members. So we're climbing back. Wow. You know, we're, 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 we had uh, the biggest net new we've ever had in our history uh, in, in April. And, uh, uh, and so that's, that's exciting. We're, we're far from where we were originally, but the bottom line is, is that's okay, man. You know, we, you got to do what you got to do. And, and uh, it's been a, you know, remarkable to, uh, you know, I had a lot of doubt last summer. You know, I had a lot of doubt. I didn't let people know that maybe, you know, and I, and of course, as you, when you're coaching other schools, you know, you're not going to wind them a lot, you know, but, no. but I had plenty of concerns about, the future of organization and how we're going to muscle through it. But, you know, that's, which does not kill you makes you stronger is, is so true. And, and, you know, uh, I, I feel, you know, one of the things is, you know, a lot of us times we have like a, we feel the weight of the world. We got this big pot, here it is, man. You know what the last year has got me to do is just go, okay, I got the way of the world, but let me set it down over there and, and go enjoy the sunset with my family. And it'll be there when I get back to it. And, and that's, that's been, uh, uh, and I've learned a lesson before, but I feel like I understand it at a, at a deeper level now than, than I have in the past. Yeah. I mean, I cooked, we had more family dinners, more family movie nights, more family game nights, you know, more quality time, just talking and cuddling and, you know, just being family. I, I felt the same way. You know when it was last summer, sir, when I walked outside during the fires and it was about yeah. 12 noon, you know, we were still all virtual and we're running eight virtual studios right now between two locations. And I walked outside and it was pitch black. It was pitch I, black. I, and yeah. I'm going, oh, my God, what is going on? Yeah, you know, I, I it wasn't as bad for us with the fires going on as it was for you. And I, I don't know if it was your video or somebody else's, but I saw a couple of videos of the bear. It was like, free, man, it was Armageddon. It looked like, you know, what I mean? it, did. It, was going on. it was just yeah, crazy. Yeah, we. Uh, uh, but you know, what do you do? You know, you, uh, you know, one of my mastery mindsets is this challenge will make me stronger. And, you know, it's, it's kind of a belief that that isn't inherent to me. You know, it's not inherent to most people, most people, like they've got this issue they're dealing with and they're like, Oh my goodness, how am I going to get through this? But you think about it pretty much every issue I've been through in my life and probably in yours, we can look back and say, okay, I don't want to do it again, but boy, am I stronger because of it? Boy, did I learn a lot from that boy? Am I better off because that happened? And so, when something's going down that's not going right and you're in the heat of it, that's it's always really helpful for me to go, you know what, take a breath. I'm gonna get through this and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna, I'm gonna benefit from this in the long haul. And somehow that takes some of the emotion out of the situation so you can calmly, you know, do what you need to do. Well, I mean, I think as martial artists, as human beings, we're such emotional people, but to be able to, you know, keep that ship on course, and it's weird to be negotiating a course that is so unknown, right? Here's where we're going, but I have no freaking idea where we're going because we've well, never been here. 
We've well, never like been. even this summer, this summer, who knows? You know, it's not like it's last summer, but it's not like it was summer of 2019, no. you know, so we're still making this up. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it, it's it's all new territory. So you really have to, you know, you, you, you know, you have what you think is going to work, but you have to really pay attention to the market and your students and what they're looking for, because they're going to tell you a lot. And if you try to force something that isn't, you know, that isn't what the public wants, then you're off track. So it's really tricky because you got to plan, but you got to have your, you know, you know, that the phrase is Zunchen and Zunchen is the term for, for remaining mind and remaining mind has to do with like, uh, uh, you know, just the awareness you have, like, and, it, and it's used for like when you're practicing kata that, you know, when you don't finish until you finish, right? And yes. and so zanshin is the ability to kind of friggin' pay attention to what's going on around you and and be open and receptive and and and, and it, 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 so that you can adjust accordingly. I agree, sir. So we're going to rock this thing. Let's get right into this, okay? So here's our first question that they have for you. What are some of the biggest gaps schools have in their instructor training program, right? What's some of the biggest gaps you think? I from think the biggest gap is that, is that people don't think far enough ahead. So they're in constantly in a situation to where I need somebody now. How am I going to get classes covered on Tuesday? And, and so they're frantically kind of in quadrant one. And, and they don't spend the time to realize, all right, man. In three years from now, I'm going to need somebody on Tuesday. What can I do right now to be prepared for three years from now and, and offer that as a separate? In other words, we don't we don't go to the well often enough to to recruit or talk or plant seeds with lower belt students or younger students or, you know, and saying, hey, you'd make a good instructor someday and get them involved in the process earlier so that you have more time to really develop them. And, and so what happens, people are always like, oh, man, I need someone. What, what, what can I do? And then and then we. Uh, we, we tend to hurry the training process. And so what happens a lot of times we set someone out onto the floor before they're ready uh, and expect them to understand stuff. And, you know, you and I know that it's, it's teaching a group of 26 year olds for 45 minutes. That's a real skill. And then they'll do that back to back to back day after day. They're, that's a real art form and that doesn't come overnight and, and that you need to ease people into that process. And, and so that that would I would say that the, the biggest gap is that people don't really consciously spend time. Of course, that's you know we I have my Satori Alliance and that's what we do is we train instructors, right? Right. And, uh, but but the whole idea is they don't consciously think, okay, you know, let's let's take six months to get this guy ready to go. Let's get him to understand what SSL means, smiling, sweating, and learning. Let's and and, we, and so people can have a chance to uh, uh, to practice in a safe environment. A, a real quick story on this, my son. Um, uh, of course he's 26 now and he's great. Alex is 26. 26. Oh, Can you believe that? Yes. We still talk about the sushi that you got us at your sushi. Oh, yeah. from your, that was the best place. Man. <laughs> he's still, he's still every time, you know, yeah, he, he'll talk about that frequently, but, uh, uh, as a matter of fact, one time he wanted to make a trip. Let's go visit professor Beliso. So Absolutely. Can go to sushi place. Anytime. But, uh, but uh, anyway, when he was about 12 or 13, you know, he was asked to help out on the floor and he was in our leadership group. And, and he, after helping out a, a couple of times, he didn't want to do it anymore. And I couldn't figure out, it was years until he told me what had happened was, is the instructor went, oh good, I got, I got Alex here. Let me give him all the problem kids and let them work with them over in the corner. So I don't have to deal with them. How many, I've been guilty of that. Good. I got this assistant. I don't want, well, what happens is, is that all of a sudden now Alex walks away from that class going, I can't teach. I suck as an instructor because we set him up for failure by giving him, you know, so that's just part of the teaching process. Like, ah, new instructors, give them better students. So when they first step on the mat, they walk off the mat feeling, feeling like, like they can do star. this. Yeah. And then slowly as their skills increase, then you give them the more challenging one. That seems obvious in hindsight, but it took me years to figure that out. But I think the one thing you taught me early on, you said, you know, plant seeds early and often, yes, early sir. and often. You never know what seeds are going to take root. But if we're always planting seeds early and often, and that's a mindset that it's cultivated in what I call the farmer mindset. You know, I don't live like a hunter. I don't hunt, shoot, kill, eat up hungry, you know, hunt, shoot, kill, eat. It's that farmer. I'm willing to rototill the ground, pull up the weeds, fertilize, plant seeds. Wait, wait, wait. It sprouts. Wait, wait, wait until I have a harvest. 
You know, I'm, I'm cool with that. A great book I'm reading right now is called the infinite game where they talk about that. You know, the companies that are like you said, I need somebody now to teach you, get them on the floor. And he may not be the best guy, but he's a black belt. I got to fill this gap. You know, I, they think long-term, they think the vision when they're dead and gone, they think of creating a sustainable company that'll be here decades and decades and decades from now. They're not thinking about all quarterly sales. It's not, that's not the true vision. So I hear what you're saying with that, that infinite gain. And, and I feel that was one of the biggest things you taught me early on. And my average tenure now is 10 years of my team. The average tenure is 10 years. And to have an instructor step on the floor with 10 years of experience who grew up as a kid and has been teaching for close to 10 years, that's worth a lot of money. That's yeah, worth a lot the, of money. The other, the other thing we go, and thank you for giving me credit, but you know, you, you, you give me way too much credit, but, but thank you for the, the credit you give me. Yeah. But, but uh, uh, anyway, one of the things that imp- we also are aware of is we think a new guy, like you said, 10 year, great. I have great tenure with my guys as well. Right. And uh, we, we expect the new guy to come on and be just as good as them. And, and no. it's like, you know, I had a, I had a, uh, and they're saying, this guy's not ready. He doesn't have experience. Well, I had a mentor tell me one time, if the guy's half ready, he's ready. Meaning you got to let him step out. And uh, you know, and, and you, those new instructors, sometimes we step in and take over. Never mind, You're not doing it right. Let me step in. And what happens is they're never going to be able to do Never. it right unless Never. we let them experience and then after class we might give them some feedback on what they did well unless it's a moral issue or a safety issue we can't step in and take over the class because we're emasculating the instructor you know we're, we're taking yes, away sir. the authority yes, and, sir. and we've, we've got to we've got to we want them to be better but we got to be really good about how we present that and, and I think that's more important now than ever, because we are seeing even in the short time we've been open, we're seeing record numbers come through because we dropped from 950 down to 700 overnight last year. And now we're up around 800, you know, and it's only really happened since January yep. until now. Yep. So we've added about 100 students in that time. And what I see, I'm trying to share with everybody, stop looking at high new student tie belt, high new student, high new student tying the belt. If you don't cultivate these relationships over here, you're going to lift your head up when soccer opens and baseball and people can go to Disneyland and they're going to head out that back door just as quick. So what are you doing from zero months to six months to making sure all these people coming through the front door are going to stay? Yeah, man, we just got to establish a strong emotional connection with our student body because, you know, we're all emotional beings and someone will drive by three other martial arts schools to come train with you if they've got an emotional connection with you. And we've learned that through this pandemic, right? That real emotional connection we've had, the loyal students, the loyal parents that will follow us into a parking lot online anywhere. I really appreciate it and appreciate the fact that we're. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a new development for us because because of this pandemic, the relationships that we have have been heightened. The emotional connection is even more intense than it's ever been. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I, so totally. what, what do you do now? What do you do in that first three months, just in a nutshell, to keep that emotional connection strong? What, what are three tips you can give well, us? Well, so for one of them would be, of course, for those of our Zoom is declining, and that's great. You know, we're getting more and more participation. I'm sure you're seeing that as well. And we're going to keep it going because there's a, you know, a, a, for, I don't ever see it as not having an online presence. Well, especially with private lessons. Right. Yeah. yeah. And and, and then people going on vacation or on a holiday. You know, we have a big group of people that might go to India for three months. Well, guess what? It's okay. You can still train. And not all of them are going to do it, but a lot more are going to do it than would have. Um, And and, and so uh, uh, but I would say with that, it's. It's either sticking around after class for just a few minutes and saying, hey, is your dad handy? Bobby, stick around for a minute. I want to talk to you and your dad. Right. And 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 but even uh, and also letting people know to log on a few minutes early so you can say, hey, what's going on? What, you know, show me what you got back there just to interact and 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 get to know the people personally uh, is massive. That would be like the Zoom version of that uh, uh, is. And of course, it's basic stuff, but we forget is to make sure that you're using people's names, okay, uh, as much as you possibly can. Uh, and, and then on, in live, it's about, we are we are trying to go out of our way. First off, we don't want to go, oh, thank you, student. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I wouldn't know what I would do. You don't want to yep. come off like that at all, you know, but but we want to let them know, hey, we appreciate, you know, you know, we appreciate what we put our emphasis on 
thank you, parent, for being behind your kids and doing this important thing about teaching them, having them do martial arts during these hard times. It's so cool that you're doing that. It's going to benefit them so much. And yep. oh, by the way, we certainly appreciate the business as well. Uh, uh, but but to, to kind of reinforce the importance of the program. On, I, and then the bottom line is, is that everything is magnified. Like you said, you know, we got to teach, you know, the, the, you know, one of the mindsets you've heard it a million times. We only teach great classes, never just good classes. Yes, sir. Well, for me, when it goes with socially distanced stuff, you know how much harder it is to do stuff when you can't, you know, and, and with Zoom, well, my word is not to teach great classes, it's to orchestrate. And the intention there is that, uh, you know, I can no longer... Uh, I, I've really got to spend the time to sit down and plan out, okay, here's yes. my curriculum. I've got to make, how can I make this? And it's a matter of right, asking yourself the right question. How can I make this class friggin' amazing mm -hmm. under the circumstances that I have it? That's the question. Not, oh, I wish I could do that. Can we do that? Nah, that's a friggin' waste of time. That's yes, a waste sir. of time. It's like yes, focusing sir. on what I can do and how I can orchestrate this class to make it the best class I've ever taught. Yeah. And I mean, we're in people's living rooms. We're in people's homes. We've never had that opportunity before. So to be able to be in someone's home doing a live talk and you hear mom shouting from the background, that's gold, that's gold. You're like, you never get that opportunity. You know, and then figure out the technical stuff. Like we use many cam and Logitech. So now I don't have to, I mean, I'm teaching, I don't have to teach backwards. I can teach the way I always teach. And, you know, when I raise my right hand, they raise their right hand. So, I mean, it's really about, I think a lot of people saw virtual as a band-aid where we saw it as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not a Band-Aid for us. It's something that will always be there because you're right. During the summer, like we saw last summer, I think what we're going to witness, fewer people are going to go on hold because they can do their classes, not fall behind, be ready for the next testing cycle when they get back. Well, and our prior lessons have quadrupled, quadrupled. Yeah, well, here's something we're doing going forward. Like I saw it as a Band-Aid initially, to be sure. But we quickly saw the opportunity to work in that. Is that right now we, we experienced a real decline in our, we call it TNT, Teachers in Training, our leadership program, instructor training program, because all hands on deck, we let some, we furloughed some people, let, you know, you know, and then we were just like in the trenches, just trying to fight through the day. And we look up and we realize, oh, that guy's got another job now. Oh, that, and all of a sudden we found ourselves for the first time in years, with not a deep bench like we've always had yep. and, and going, okay, so yeah. All right. In common, it's, we're not the only ones, you, you know, there's plenty of people that did this. So anyway, the point was, is about three weeks ago, we relaunched our TNT. We had from all our locations, we had one live event. We had 75 people show yeah, up. That was brilliant. And we had three, we were able to do it socially distanced too. Cause you know, you've been to our main school. We have plenty, you know, it was, it was borderline, you know, but nevertheless, we had the space anyway, long story short, now we're doing our weekly follow-ups on zoom on zoom every friday yeah. at 5 30 and we would never be able to get these 75 people to show up at the same place it, you know it, it, so now hey that works so there's no reason why we would never not go forward doing that uh, uh so well i think you know whether it's virtual or not making that emotional connection is really what we're talking about right yeah. I mean, yep. all day, every day. So folks, if you want to put questions here live, you're welcome to do that as well. I'm monitoring that. So if questions pop up, go ahead and put them in there. And I'm going to take the questions that were sent to us beforehand. We have people from England, Indianapolis, Canada, I see here. I mean, there's people all over. Do say hello. Put your name in the comments. If you have a question for Hanshi, go ahead and put it in there. I think it's a real gift to be able to cut it up with him and, and figure this thing out because we are moving forward and it is all bets are off. I think that's the one thing I really love about this is, yes, my values as a human being are still the same. They'll always remain the same. But as far as the way we orchestrate or run our businesses now, all bets are off. You can do anything you want. Well, the, the state, the past, the, the statement, the past does not equal the future is never been more true than right now. <laughs> yes, sir. We can decide what our future is going to be, you know, no doubt. All right. So next one, what are some ways for a small school to build staff? Interns, part-time, full-time on payroll. Do they pay for training either as a student or instructor in training? So Matt, I see it. that's a great question. And, and there's no, there's a lot of different ways to do this. You know, the good news, bad news in our industry, there's a lot of different ways to do this and be successful. The bad news is which way do you do it? Right. And so, uh, but, but here's the deal. It, my experience has always been uh, if I've got the right person and I train them, right. They're always worth uh, uh, paying for because, because the whole idea with it is someone that's working for you is they're going to generate the companies more income than they're there. They we're paying them. Right. So, a lot more. So, yeah, without a doubt. So the point is, is that uh, uh, all the methods, interns are great. Obviously, you know, if you have a leadership program where they're on the mat, uh, they're actually legitimately learning how to teach. Uh, for us, 
that that's where we put our strong emphasis initially. And of course, if you can get a part-time person, uh, you know, it, what it takes, it, you know, you can get three or four part-time people for pr prime hours, the same amount of cost you for one full-time person, right? So yes. that's always a good model. If you can find those, that's not a long-term solution. Though. I, I want to be able to provide a career for my team. I want them to be compensated like they would if they were a school teacher or a, or a firefighter. You know, that's kind of what, the way we look at that. And so uh, uh, it, it's, it's really um, based on hire right, train right, treat right. Find the right person. And that's why you want to have this cast that broad net, plat seeds early and often so you don't have the wrong person because how many times have you seen or if i know what's happened to me where i've got this guy that's not performing right but i don't have anybody to replace him with so i'm stuck yeah. with this guy yeah okay and and so it's a but so starting with the right guy then train him right because if you don't train him right what happens is is they've established bad habits and they're not you you can't afford them because they're not reaching their potential because they don't know how what they're supposed to be doing and then the third one treat them right has to do with, uh, of course, compensating correctly, but being a boss that you want, you, you would, you would want to work for, because um, there's some people, you know, how many times have I talked to someone that said, yeah, every time I get a good instructor, they go off and do their own thing. Well, probably why that happened is uh, some people, by the way, you could treat them terrible and they're never going to leave you. Okay. There's others you could treat them perfect and they're, they're going to lead regardless, yep. but there's a big chunk of people in the middle, the majority of the people, 70, 80%, that if you don't give them a reason to leave, they're going to be with you. That's what you've done. That's what we've done. And, and so that's all you can deal with is those people. And when it, when it comes to this, uh, I would encourage somebody clearly, if you can do the process that you said, Matt, and that is intern first to make sure you have the right guy, start them out part-time if possible, if possible. Sometimes the guy's got to make a career change, but I have never, ever, ever regretted. I, I, we had a gal that I was recruiting as a student for 10 years, I wanted to come work for us. Okay. And uh, finally, but she had another career. And finally uh, it was a family business. The, the dad retired, the business was sold and she was all of a sudden available, but she needed a pretty high dollar figure to match, to pay her mortgage and her car payment. I mean, that, and, and by the way, she had that, she could stay at the company she was at. So we had to decide, do we want her or not? Well, we wanted her. So we swallowed hard. Yep. And we stepped up and we matched that and I've never looked back. And that's been my experience time and time again, if they're the right person and you utilize them correctly. Was that Lisa? I, no? I, I, that would be no. Lisa would call, but no, but, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, and that's important. And, you know, one of the things I read in this new book, the infinite game where they talk about that is, you know, there's assassins in your business and you see it in the, in the sports world all the time. The people just come aboard. It's all about the dollar. It's all about me. You know, they're a rock star, but is it worth it? Is it worth it? It's not because you might perform on the mat, but if you're killing my culture and if everything centers around you and we see that in sports all the time, sports and, figures and all the time. It's a, it's a very, it's a very, uh, common head instructor syndrome i see it all the time and hey i got i love my head instructors but a lot of them are very alpha they, they want to do things their own way you know mm -hmm. and and so i give a little room for personal freedom absolutely you know what I'm saying it, it's like i get you know I, I read the book i think it was jeffrey fox how to be a rainmaker and he said and uh, he said uh, what do you do when you have a high performer a super high performer that's pretty high maintenance and his comment was deal with it, right? And, and there's a time when you do that, right? So as long as they're not messing with corporate culture, like you said, but you got a guy that wants to do kind of his own thing and put his own little twist. It's like, I always look at, uh, I, you know, the, I'm willing to work with people a little bit within the fine lines. I, I believe in rigid flexibility. You know, it's like a, you have a standard, but you're going to adjust a little bit based on the circumstances. I think that's important. You know, I mean, it, it's always been for me because I love my team and, and the value of my team for me is without parallel. Um, before this pandemic, I was working two hours a week and now I'm back. You know, I'm sure you are, too. I mean, we're teaching probably more than we have in a long time. Right. I mean, yeah. I know I am. And I have such a deeper appreciation for my team now. So, you know, there it, it is, it is now I'm still, I, I'm work. I, 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 I wasn't working two hours a week. I was, I've all, you know, I've always been putting in the time, maybe not as much as I did 20 years ago, but it's still, but I'm still putting in the time, but not, I, I maybe get, uh, you know, six hours a week on the, you know, actually teaching. But the, the point is, is that as we were talking about earlier, you just said back-to-back -back classes, five to six days a week. That's a real friggin' gift yep. to do. I, I, I've been doing a lot of that this 
past yeah, couple and, months. And, 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 I, and I tell you what, that's, you know, that's why for me, that was, as you know, the story, but that's how the instructor street evolved is because I was doing that. How am I going to get through this day and make sure this class is the right class? And, and, and so I have, I am share that with at, everybody. Can, can, I don't know it by heart. Can, yeah, can, can you, I will teach this class because it's the most important class I'll ever teach. I am patient and enthusiastic. I lead by example. So you step out on the mat, doesn't matter how many classes you taught, this class is all that matters. And I try, yes, you know, I, I believe, I, I think, it, I, I, you know, I, my, it's my gut feeling that at any given moment, you step on the floor, 10 to 20% of your student body is losing interest. Okay. And they're one mediocre class away from not coming back. And so I, when I think that, all right, man, look out on the floor, there's 10 kids here, there's 10 students, at least one or two of them is didn't want to be here, you know, and, and what can I do to teach this class in such an amazing way that I get, because really training is this, you don't just, people just don't go like this. They have good days and bad days. We just got to get them through the valleys. And, and, and what does that mean? That means we got to have our A game every time we step on the floor and that's not friggin' easy. And, and that's why I'm such a strong advocate for that head instructor uh, that may not be able to do other stuff really well, but they can rock it on the floor. I give them a little leeway, you know, I, because because I appreciate that job. That's that's a hard job. And and I think it's the mindfulness of the culture that supports that. You know, for us, I think it's very innate. The challenge for us is being able to write it into a system, write it into a process, and be able to inspire and create that team to go out there and execute that. An example: I was teaching a private lesson to one of my. Um, uh, licensees in Florida. And there was a kid walked in in the background. So I'm wrapping up his lesson. I said, what's, your, what's that guy's name? What are you guys working on? And I had him bring this kid on the floor and I gave this kid like a 15 minute private lesson virtually. And just because it's what we do, right? And this kid was like, oh man, professor just gave me a you know, virtual private. And this guy was tickled pink, but it's so natural for us. How do you take that? And write that into a process. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it kind of it goes goes back to hire right, train right, treat right. You know, hire right. You gotta, it's got to be somebody that has it in them. And you know, sometimes you know, I've been wrong about people plenty of times. I thought that guy is never going to be able to be some quiet as a mouse in student that you know that's in the background, third row. You if you can't remember if he came to class or not that day, and and all of a sudden you you put him in front of a group of people and he's pa. You know, these days, like, where'd that happen? You know, so you can't always trust your gut on somebody. You got to give people a chance to, 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 to prove you wrong, so to speak. And so that's the starting point. It's got to be the right person. They've got to have empathy. They got to love kids, right? I mean, that, that's just a, it, you know, this, this can't be something. That, by the way, that doesn't mean it's not fun to get to the end of the week where you don't have any more classes. That's all good. But you can't loathe the fact that you have another class coming up in five minutes. That's the wrong person for the job. Yeah, and, then, and then it's a training thing. And then, then it's also catching them doing things right. When you see that instructor give that extra private lesson, I got to walk up and I say, hey, man, that was amazing that what you did, you know, draw attention that that's that's exactly it. You know, I, I for me, it's all about keeping the vision really strong. Uh, you know, it's Simon Sinek would, of course, call it, you know, your why. Right. And so that's one of the themes. Anytime we do our staff training every Monday for 30 years now, 30, almost 35 years, I've been doing a staff training from basically like nine to noon, right? And we've tried a lot of stuff. We did another one on Wednesday and we'd have a group on it, but that, that thing has not changed, okay? And my goal at the end of staffing, I want people to leave. I want my team to leave with a renewed sense of appreciation for how cool it is to be able to teach martial arts and, and, and affect people in a positive way. And number two, I want them to leave thinking, I'm so glad I work with all these people. I'm so glad to be a part of this company. And number three, I want them to leave with an action plan for the week. Now, I'm not always saying that happens, because sometimes, you know, you know, you had staff training where you walked off, you think, dang, I'm pretty good. That was a pretty darn good class. And other times you go, what the heck happened today? But your intention every time, that's my intention, uh, uh, you know, so that we can uh, help, you know, inspire people to, 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 to do those kind of over the top extra credit things that only happen if you're in the moment, really trying your hardest to, to, to service and, and teach a great class. Yeah. And Simon Sinek, again, just because this is the book I'm reading, Simon Sinek talks a lot about that in the infinite game that, you know, that chief visionary officer is a standard now in every fortune 500 company. He's not talking numbers. He's not talking quotas. He's not talking anything as far as the nuts and bolts strategy, his whole purpose. He's the chief visionary officer. All he does is preach the vision. 
That's his whole purpose. And I I think for us as leaders, that's something we're always mining and how to reinvent that vision and say it this way, then reinvent it and say it this way and reinvent it. So the 20 year old is inspired. Okay, we'll do a TikTok vision today. And now let's do this. I mean, we're always finding different ways to interpret that vision, but it's still the same vision. Yeah. And then what that that means is, is that we got to work real hard to keep our vision strong because otherwise it's just, it's like putting, it's, it's like putting a, a, you know, a cherry on top of a moldy, moldy, uh, you know, uh, ice cream that went bad, you know, you get this pretty cherry and whipped cream, but if the core isn't right, it doesn't friggin' matter. You know? So that's where like, like I think, you know, and not to digress a little bit, but that for me, the most important thing I do is the first hour and a half to two hours of the day to set my day to make sure that my head is right, my vision is clear. So that I, when I interact with my team, I'm coming from not from a false, you know, uh, you know, the, my words are, are congruent with how I'm feeling. And, and that's hard because, you know, the day can beat you down stuff comes up this shows up that shows up you got to worry about this and that and it's very easy to get pulled into that that you know and so you got to set that aside and really work on being your best so that when you have those interactions they're sincere and real and infectious well i think one of the things we share is that my morning ritual is exactly the same I don't veer from it. I eat the same thing every day. I meditate the same way every day. I get out of bed. You know, I I greet my wife, my son, my daughter. Everything I do every morning is exactly the same so that my every thought, word and action will be congruent, like you're saying, because it's that consistency as a leader. If one day you sing this song, next day you sing this, next day you're singing that, that breeds contempt because they're like, where's he at today? I want to say more than that. Your 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 daily routine is not the ex- just the exact same. It's on purpose. Yes. And what I mean is, most people's daily routine is the exact same. But it, it might just by chance have 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 just developed into something that. But it might not be first. Oh, first thing I do, get up, look at my phone, scroll Facebook, look at the news. Oh crap, that happened. Uh, oh man, uh, yeah, uh, you know, late for work. I've been scrolling. You, you know, it's like no man. You, you're you're the exact same, but you're. You're, you're calculated on what that exact same is. And that's a really important uh, a distinction. Well, and I think that's where the why, you know, mine has always been live your best life, right? Whether it's the schools, my consulting, my kids love life skills, everything for me is about living my best life. So you're right. That routine in the morning is all based upon prepping me to get up and live my best life. I mean, we have to both admit, honestly, for the most part, we have more years behind us than we do in front of us, Right. Well, well, you, 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 your parents have to be. Well, my no, dad's no, 80. no, I agree. I, I yeah, my, my dad's daughter, eighty-eight, but still, yeah, I, even. I, yeah, no, I, I'm with you. No, I, that's absolutely true. I was, I was thinking of a joke. I'll share it with you. Uh, my daughter just got home from college. Actually, she's probably she's in the other room. She's probably gonna hear me say this, but I will anyway. So you know the show Park and Recs. Are yes. you familiar with it? Yes. So yes, Rob yes, Lowe yes. plays the part of this health nut. Right. You know, right. it's like guy and, and in there, the, uh, and my daughter, Melissa goes, hey, dad, you got to watch this clip. So pull up the clue. And it's and it's uh, right. She goes, this is you, dad. And it's Rob Lowe saying scientists say that there's a person alive who's going to live to be 150 years old. I believe I'm that man. But anyway, yeah, but to your point, yes, well over uh, uh, well but, over, you know, but I feel know. such a deeper sense of gratitude. And everything, you know, just waking up, the air that I breathe, everything. I feel so much more grateful. And when I look at the word grateful, it's full of greatness. If you can be a grateful person in everything that you do and every action, no matter how challenging, you're full of greatness. And so that's grateful, right? Full of greatness. And, and that to me has been super powerful. So if you heard of, I'm sure you're familiar with Robert Greene, the author, one of his books is the 33 uh, 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 Rules of War. And if not, it's really interesting. And The you book know, I've he, heard of, the author, I never knew that's who yeah, the author so was. It's really interesting. I'm, I'm rereading it now. But uh, and, and what he's doing is using war as a metaphor. He actually talks about, you know, famous generals, Napoleon and Alexander the Great give specific instances in battle. But then he interprets it kind of like how you can apply it to your life and your your personal demons or your work or whatever. But he shares a story of Fedor Dostoevsky, who most people have heard of. Yes, of I actually course. read a couple of his books when I was in high school in literature of course. class. And uh, but he talks about how this guy, 
uh, was, you know, he'd written a book, he was pretty well known, but he got involved. This was in the middle of the like 15, 1850 about. And uh, anyway, he got arrested by the czar because he was a part of this radical group. And, uh, and they thought he was going to get like six months of hard time and get released, but he shows up one morning, um, they, they, they scurry him off and he's with a bunch of other guys and he shows up to this place and there's a bunch of soldiers with rifles and there's hoods and there's a crowd behind him and he realizes he's about to be executed in the firing squad. Okay. And so they line up the first three guys and he says he looked over and he saw uh, that uh, there was a, there was a, the sun coming down on a steeple of a church and then a cloud covered and the sun disappeared. He goes, that's my lights about to go out. And then he thought to himself, if I live through this, I'm never going to friggin' waste another moment of my life. I'm going to be productive and grateful because I've just been wasting the last few years. What do you know? At the last minute, the lines are all lined up. A cart comes up. Guy comes running out with a note, and it's a last-minute reprieve from the czar. Now, the, the truth is the czar never planned on killing him. He just wanted to scare the tar out of him, okay? But that was his epiphany. Bang. That was his moment. Wow. I've got the rest of my life. I'm going to be grateful. And my father went through a similar experience when he was in prisoner of war in, in World War II, and that he you know, survived a near-firing squad and did this death march. And when he remembered him saying, if I get through this, I will I, I will give my life to, to the betterment of humanity. You know, he wanted to become a minister and a psychotherapist, but that aha moment, well, we don't have to have a near-death experience to have that aha moment. Yes, sir. You know, we could at any moment say, gosh, I'm so lucky. You know, I've got, you know, a day to do better. And, and the come from a position of gratitude bottom line is it's, it's funner to be around someone that's grateful too you know you got that person that's ungrateful as they you know you want to you want to be a catalyst for your community come from a position of compassion and gratitude and every first off it's funner to live that way but number two you're going to attract a whole different group of people that are a lot funner to be around as well well and then uh, you know another thing you've always said that has stuck with me is attitudes contagious who's got your today you know who's caught yours today so if we're always projecting that out into the world i mean that's retention 101 that's yes, getting new students 101 but if you're a big bummer and you're pissed off all the time nobody wants to come into your school 100%. nobody and a lot of people run that way. It's a it's a chore to have to teach where for me, it's a gift to teach. Yep. You know, when I'm out there at 730, you know, leaf blowing the parking lot, getting ready for these outdoor classes. I'm happy as a clam. I'm happy as a clam. And I never thought that. But you're right. The mindset is consistent no matter what life gives us. And I think that's what's powerful. And, and you know, and, and, and if you weren't happy as a clam, you, you have the wherewithal to take a breath and go, wait a minute how lucky am I? I'm still got a school. I need to, you know, you know, you can kickstart that. Sometimes you have to fake it a little bit, but, but it that, make that it. allows you to take you out of the situation. And now you're in control. And, you know, you can, if you, I'm sure you've been upset and been upset for being upset. Uh, I've been, I've been bummed for being bummed. How dare I be bummed? I've got this crazy life. What the heck? But, but you know what? Uh, just being mindful of the emotion that you're experiencing is half the battle of getting through it. Wow. I'm upset right now. Hmm. I shouldn't be, you know, that, that takes you out of the moment and gives you a different perspective. And it maybe doesn't, it doesn't keep you from being upset, but it keeps you from doing stupid stuff and sabotaging yourself, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing something that you're going to regret later on. Yes, sir. All right. Let's look at this next question. What does the journey to become an instructor look like at your academy? What stages, steps, titles do students go through in the process of becoming an instructor? For example, student, then junior assistant, then junior assistant instructor, then instructor, then head instructor. What are your steps and stages? All right. Sensei Abel, how are you, man? All right. Very cool, my friend. I hope everything's good in Arizona, I believe. Hey, he's on vacation with his wife, so he's yeah. doing very well. And they just expanded the school. He expanded the school to the second unit next door. So outstanding. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we've got a very specific protocol for it. And, and inevitably, inevitably what happens is we cast a broad net. Uh, we, we never, ever, this is just my strategy. I never announce join our leadership team because uh, I don't like to, sometimes you mend up some people that, that, that aren't a fit. We do it by invitation. Yes, You've got to kind of jump through some certain hoops. And I found that the hard way. So I come up to you and I say, hey, Abel, uh, uh, you know what? I really like your attitude. I'd love for you to join the, the leadership team. Okay. Well, for us, it's called TNT. Okay. And so the stage number one is they, they and, and two or three times a year, we'll do a, a, a four hour immersion. 
where everybody comes together. That's what I was talking about with the 75 members that we had recently, uh, uh, students. And a four-hour immersion is, it's not about how to throw a sidekick. It's, a, a, you know, we do some teaching stuff, but it's really painting the picture of the power of martial arts has on people. We want them to go, wow, this is, I didn't realize that. And, and it really starts out by, okay, students, how has martial arts helped you out? You know, and, and it just, it tends to be a very Socratic method of coming to these conclusions. Very similar to, to instructor college, maybe what, what, what we, what I do in the first few minutes of an instructor's college, right? Yes. And then, and then uh, uh, that's the starting point. Then we'll go some, so now we've got them through this three hours. They lead, we do some, uh, maybe some advanced training. We have them practice teaching. We leave them pumped. And now they've got an assignment they've got to assist in one class a week i don't want them assisting in a lot more it's been my experience that people burn out if they do too much and we're not utilizing them because we've all had like had this thing yeah i got these 12 people who want to learn how to teach and a month later there's only two left okay and it's a lot of times because they put too much energy into it or and also because we didn't give them feedback and we didn't really use their time so what we've got to do with that guy that does show up there's two things that have to happen they have to feel like they're contributing, like they've got a purpose. They just can't stand in the corner with their arms crossed. They got to know what they're supposed to do. So they're given a specific assignment, like today you're the greeter, okay? And then what I want you to do is I want you to be a good finder. You're just going to wander around today, and you're just going to see kids that are doing things well and say, good job, no correction. That's all I want you doing today, okay? And so they have something specific. And then I'm going to show appreciation. So those things are going to happen. They have to feel like they're growing and they're, they're appreciated, okay? Uh, but then... They also will make one right now. It's on Zoom weekly uh, class regarding how to teach. That doesn't go on forever. That's for an extended period of time. For us, it's usually a 10-week course. Okay. Now what happens once they get done with that, then they get a TNT patch they get on their shoulder. Okay. And then after they've helped out in, I don't remember the exact number of classes, let's say 50 classes. Okay. Then they pass a test. And it's all based on our online Satori Alliance. They've got online lessons they have to do that are kind of universal, non-stop specific stuff that they jump through a bunch of hoops. And then and there's complete with watch a video, answer some questions, take a test. Okay. And then and when they've done that, and they've helped them say 50 classes, then they get to wear, uh, they have a certain color. They get to wear red pants, which signifies that they are uh, a second level up. And then the next, after another 100 classes and another online test and a live test they do, then they're allowed to wear a patch that says assistant instructor. And then after another couple hundred classes, uh, they have to be a black belt and go through an extensive live test, CPR certification, background check, et cetera. Then they can be what's for us is a red coat, which is a full certified instructor. And the process you know, it's a, it's not a quick process. You know, if, if I took some guy that was 19 that just got their black belt and for some reason I never got him in the program up until that day, I could get him from that point to red coated probably about a year. That right. Would probably be how long it took before they're really running a class. Right. But, but I think what I'm hearing and that's because we both experienced this. I know that, you know, I think I was a Brown belt. My dad said, go teach. I said, what? Go teach. I've never taught a class in my life. Go teach. And I was just thrown on the floor to teach. And, you know, getting thrown to the wolves like that. I think you have a similar story, right? 100%. Yeah. 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 That's, that's most not, people's story. <laughs> yeah. We're not setting people up for success when we do that. So I think we need to be extremely mindful of that in that process. So again, everybody over there at Facebook, I see if you have any questions for Hanshi, go ahead and pop them in there. Uh, let me see if I have any questions on this side. What are the schools? The gaps. Okay, great. Here's one more, sir, from Jason Smith. When building your team, how often do they train and what do they train over? How do you break it down into a training class plan? Um, when building a team, uh, if it means martial arts, uh, you know, that's really important for us. And you all know, every one of you guys knows, just because you teach martial arts doesn't mean you get to work out all the time, right? No. If you're working out on all the classes, you're really not doing your, your students a service. Every now and then, if you step in your part and you get to interact for a few minutes, okay. But you're there to teach, not to train, okay? So uh, what that means is, is that we've all had it happen. Some guy that was training all the time becomes a teacher and quit training. You know, it's like, oh, you know, they're too burned out. And so the best instructor training to me is instructor's training. Love so it. 
So, so the concept is I want them. So everybody's required to attend one class a week as a student, first and foremost. Okay. For, I have a couple different opportunities that they can do that with me. There's a couple different opportunities a week they can do. We really push everything. There's also a Wednesday one. And then within their schools, if they can't make it the part-time people, cause we got schools spread out all over Sacramento and they, you know, the guys that are got a call go to, you know, so we don't, I don't expect everybody to make that, but they, there's a class they have to make. And do I have a hundred percent buy-in with that? No. There's, there's, this is always something we have to work through. There's, as a matter of fact, I was just at a leadership meeting an hour ago, and this is what we were talking about. There's some guys that haven't been in the training, and especially since COVID, it's been a lot harder. And what do we do? It has been. Yeah, you know, to get them their 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 time, and and uh, so I'm, you know, we're coming up with a plan, and and sometimes it's just a matter you get out of the routine, you forget how much fun it is to train, right? You know, it's like until you, oh man, you know, some of these guys they forgot how good they are, and then you get them on the mat, and you hold submits for them, or you spar with them, or you grapple with them, and they walk away, go, oh, that was great fun, and that's when you anchor in. This is this is what we do. This is what we do, and why this is so important to me is I think there's a little X factor. If you don't love martial arts, okay, you can get by without training for a month or two. But if you quit training and you're still teaching, there's something missing. You know, you know what I'm saying? There, there's, there's, yes, sir. Yes, sir. there's missing that, that, you know, it just drifts slowly. So, so that's the first and foremost. And then, uh, uh, then from there, depending uh, when I'm building a team, it, it really, we, we step on the gas or the brake based on need meaning if we've got a location that's really needing a second instructor, so, you know, a number two person, and most of our schools are big enough to where most pretty much have two full-time instructors on the floor all the time, right? So, uh, and, and if let's just say we don't have that situation, we might step up their training. We might do some immersion training with them. You know, we might do one-on-one -on -one to get them up to snuff. Uh, but in a perfect world, we've done that in, in, under normal circumstances. We, we've stayed ahead of the curve enough to where we're not in a situation to have to do that, which means uh, they've got ongoing, like each one of our schools has a staff meeting every week that this required attendance separate from our Monday one, that's the group one, the corporate one that they, they need to attend in a class. And then we do our best as a company to have a theme for the week, which what we're focusing on uh, both business-wise, it might be we're focusing on, on uh, how to do a tour. That might be the theme that we're going to do this week. Uh, how to do eight step student progress check. That might be a theme for another week. Uh, and then, then also on the mat, what we're focusing on this week, we're, we're focusing on, uh, uh, public praise, private reprimand. What does that mean? You know, here's a good example that that might be the theme and that just evolves. And, and when we're done, we go back through the same thing again. So that calendar revolves. It's kind of like what Ben Franklin did with his, with 13 virtues. Ben Franklin had 13 virtues that if he felt like he could live with these virtues, he would be living the perfect life. What happened though, is he couldn't live with all 13. He would adopt one, he'd live with that. And then like, it might be thrift or reverence or silence or gratitude. And he would do that for a week and then he would add another one. But what happened, he'd get to three and when he added a, a fourth, he had to drop one off. But what happens, get through those 13, you start over again, but you start yes. on a whole new level than you were the last time. Wow, that's powerful, Hanshi. So take us out, take us out. I mean, if you want to leave all these young school owners, these small school owners, I know our industry has been ravaged. I know that personally working with so many schools all over the world, all our brothers and sisters in Germany are still closed down. Yep. Parts of Canada are closed down. You know, clients in the Philippines I have are closed down. So people are at different stages, right? We're just now getting back open. But what is the one commonality? I mean, you have people been open in Texas since May of last year, Florida. But what is one common thing we can all share that if you wanted to have all of us in one room, this guy's been open in May. He's still shut down. This guy's been open two weeks. What commonality could bind us together so we as a community, a martial arts community all over the world can unite and get behind? Yeah, I know, I know a great, that's a big order, it's, but it's I know you can question. do this for us. It's a great question because we're de I'm dealing with this as well with all our people. You know, it's like everybody's a different stage. And I would say that number one is that you got to believe you're going to get through this. OK, but belief isn't enough. You got to you got to act upon those beliefs. Right. Because otherwise it's just wishful thinking. Right. And this is common sense. This is goal setting one on one. Right. But but so it, it starts by by, you know, just taking a breath and thinking, you know what, I'm going to get through this. OK, and it's not without hard work. Uh, and, and then be willing to roll up the sleeves. Sometimes you need to work a little, little harder, you know, than you might normally. Right. And, 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 but what I think is really important is that you give yourself a little time to vent. Yeah, it sucks. Okay. But okay. 
we're bitching about it does freaking nothing. It's a nothing. waste of time. So what I love is what I've, I've tried to do when I have a challenge is I try to position the challenge in the form of a question that assumes there's an answer. Okay. So what that means is, is that let, let's talk, uh, uh, how can I, after a year, instead of saying, man, you know, people are getting burnt out on, let's just say you can't open yet. You're still, you're in Canada or you're in Germany. You're still doing zoom thinking, oh, it sucks. Everybody else is opening up and I'm still on zoom. And I wish I could open. Those are all legitimate thoughts. I get it, but they're not helpful. But what can you say is that how can I, in this environment, after 15 months of zoom training, can I, can, can I, grow my school still on zoom only and how can i keep these classes uh, innovative and exciting and fun that's a better question i don't know the answer but that's going to get you thinking in the right direction now you're not wasting your time now you're not because what tends to happen is we tend to we worry about the future or we regret the past and what both those things do is they take us out of the moment Okay. And so it's like, what can I do today? I don't know about you, but nothing feels better than the end of a good day when you busted your butt and you felt like you make a little progress. You lay your pillow down feeling pretty darn good. That was a productive day. Now, maybe you don't have all the problems solved because what happened is you, when you take action, it does something, you know, there's a, you know, it, it, it does something like you're, you realize you, you're in control now. And when you feel like you're in control, it changes everything. When you sit on the sidelines and twiddle your fingers and think, what if you friggin' it's just a spiral that you go spiral down a rabbit hole that does no good at all. And, so I've roll up that, your and take some action. And I've shared that with my clients, you know, when they go on these rants at Facebook about the politics or this or that, I say, you guys, I don't think that's going to help your culture. And I would recommend you don't do that at all, because as leadership, it's so important, just like war, never let them see the whites of your eyes. We all go through these doubts and these uncertainties and these fears and these feelings. Those are all very real. And I think what you and I agree is we as individuals, as humans need to honor our feelings, yes. but what we do with those feelings and how we cult, you know, cultivate them to be a positive in our life or a negative in our life is huge. We know during this pandemic, addiction, divorce, domestic violence, suicide, they're at an all-time high. Whereas on the flip side, there are people thriving, reinventing themselves, pivoting, adapting, and embracing everything going on, and they are better versions of themselves. So it is that. I think it's a yeah. choice, and, and managing that mindset is a choice. Yeah, it, and it, you know, it, it's 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 natural. I don't think there's anything wrong with venting. You got a buddy you want to vent to about it? Yeah. Go for it, man. Yeah. But don't let it consume you. Put, tell yourself, all right, I'm going to allow myself to vent from 9 to 9.30 in the morning. That's going to be my time to worry, woe is me, pity party, vent, a bitch. And then at 9.30, rolls around, ding, okay, I'm done. You know, and so you got you know, you to, as Carl Gustav Jung refers to, you got to embrace your shadow. You can't just push that out down. Nope. You got to you gotta let it, you know, out, but you got to do it in a productive way. And venting on Facebook, of course, you know how I feel about that. Yes, I, sir. You, you know, it's, I never you do it. Another thing, again, I, I know you don't want to take any credit, but I listen and all the time I spent in Promac, you said, hey, man, your, your digital imprint, be mindful. Everything you say and do, it's, it's your imprint. Yep. It stays there. It yep. never goes away. So we need to be super mindful of that. And, and, and I do that because, you know, social media for me is a huge tool in every avenue of what I do. So I'm very mindful of what I say and what I post. And, and I want to make sure that my heart is pure and I'm transparent and authentic, but I always hear in the back of my mind, that's your digital imprint, buddy. That's your digital imprint. No, it's like for me, when I post, I think, well, you know, what's my intention? Why am I posting this? And there's nothing wrong with posting a picture with your family. That's awesome. Nope. You know, nothing wrong with that. Nope. But, you know, it's like, I, I try to be mindful of what it is I'm doing and why I'm doing it, you know, because uh, 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 it's there forever. Well, and, and one of your posts recently that, you know, I want to be the best for the world, because when we live beyond ourselves and we live for service and we live for our team and we live for our community, we're not this selfish person who's only, you know, concerned about themselves. I think that's that's huge. That's yeah, huge. And, you know, and, and you feel better, too, man. You know, a lot of times you get talked up in woe is me and this and that. And, hey, personal development is awesome. You know, we both spend our time that. But sometimes yes. you can get so wrapped up in all that that you forget Hey, one of the most important things you do is contribute. So, you know, I, there's four things that I tell people to do. And I know we got to, it's getting close to the end here, but let me just go through this really quick. Yes, sir. And that is, is when you got free time on your hand, let's say you don't want to work. I mean, you're done work. But you really just don't want to just cruise Netflix. What can I do? For me, it's, it's exercise. 
education, relationships, and service. Always a good use of time. Always a good use of time. Oh, I got a little free time on my hands. Let me call an old friend and keep that relationship strong. Oh man, my, my, the lady across the street needs her trash cans put away. Let me just go do that. Yeah. But you always feel better about yourself when you do that, right? She appreciates, but you do. Oh, let me get some extras. Oh, let me learn some random facts. And by the way, I know you know this, like you're just talking about uh, the, the infinite game with Simon Sinek. It's like, I, I, I'm amazed by pretty much any book. And of course, the kind of books I read are kind of more lines of, of, you know, they have a reason. Sometimes I'll read fiction and I'm wrong with fiction, but most of the things I'm not doing there is I can apply something I learned to the situation I'm in right now. Yes. That's really how we develop wisdom. Wisdom is nothing more than experience remembered. And some experiences just simply by education, we get that. Sir, it's always a gift. I always walk away a better person when I talk with you. I always Thank do. You, sir, sir. Thank you, everybody. So give Hanshi a big hand. Thank you, sir. Anytime you want to come on the show and share some wisdom, just hit me up in messenger and say, hey, I want to come on Friday. Anytime you want to come, so you have an open invitation. I, I think you're a real gift as a human being. You know, I've always called you my friend and you've always been so generous and kind to me since the 70s. And, and you know, I've always learned from you. I continue to learn from you and I'm, I'm humbled and I would be so bold as to call you more than a friend. You are a mentor that inspires me greatly. So thank you so much, sir. Well, thank you. Thank you for all you do. You know, it's like your intentions are so spot on what the world needs. So keep plugging away, my friend. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Thanks sir. everybody for tuning in and letting us gab for a, nothing fun. Or you get Professor Belisa and I together for hours. <laughs> you're gonna have there's there's no there's a lot of hot air there. just for me of course <laughs> nah it was cool thank you sir all right man have a Bye -bye. good day all right you guys that was pretty cool right was that pretty cool was that pretty cool right that was cool that was super cool i i think the one thing i love when i get hanshi on you know in in the same space as me is i recognize that first i'm a martial artist second i'm an instructor third i'm a business person and if i understand why i started martial arts to begin with i never forget that passion and purpose and what it's done for me what it's done for me then the potential is amazing to affect not only your Matt space and your team to affect the world. And I think that's really what Hanshi exemplifies is he affects the entire martial arts community, not just his schools and his team and his community. He's always out there. And when I saw that post, when he posted that, you know, I have to be the best me so I can be the best for the world. That's when you get beyond your, the selfishness of, you know, what's in it for me? What do I get out of it? What about me, 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 me? And you really say, well, how can I serve here? How can I help here? What can I give here? And that is so much more satisfying. Gandhi has said it. Martin Luther King has said it. All the great leaders of the world live to serve. And if you want to affect just to that three to five mile radius of your brick and mortar location, make it happen. Make it happen. And you will make the money. Believe me, you will make the money. But if you make money, you know, your priority where for me, I put people before profits. I always have and I always will. I will make more money. I'll be rich personally, emotionally, spiritually, that's for sure. But and you will make money. Just never forget that. But I think the challenge we often see is things are so sales driven in our industry. Learn the sales script. Learn how to close. That's, that's it where really I think the innovators and the disruptors understand I want to make an emotional connection. How can I connect with you? How can I invest in this relationship, right? How can I give to it? Versus like, hmm, what do I see when that guy walks through the door? $10,000 on his chest? Is that what I see? Or do I see the potential of how can I serve you? How can I make a difference? How can I do that? Right? And it's powerful. And Hanshi sings that. And it resonates with me every time I talk to him. Because you notice, did we ever talk about money? Did we talk about quarterly earnings? None of that even came into the conversation. But the byproduct is he has multiple locations. He does really well. He does well. Because he puts his priorities straight service before self. And if we can do that, I believe you're going to be profitable beyond your wildest dreams. And everybody I work with, you know me, that's, that's the position I take. That's always been the position I take. And it's something that's ingrained in my DNA. And I will continue to cultivate that for our industry, my life and moving forward. Cool. So did everybody share this, Marco? Let's take a look and see who shared. Yeah, share that broadcast because we're going to give away 30 minutes. 30-minute discovery call with me where we sit on the phone and just chop it up, right? Whatever you need, you come to the plate with questions. And I really am about 
that application, right? I posted that the other day. I'm in the trenches just like you, right? Even though we make the money we do and we're in the position we're in, I'm in the trenches like you. Every day now I teach. I'm in here scrubbing this floor. I'm out there with a leaf blower teaching in the park. We do what's necessary. Some A school owner asked me that the other day. He said, so how much do you plan on working this summer, you know, with your day camps and everything going on? And I said to him, I will work as much as is needed to make sure our schools are intact and relevant and thriving, not surviving, thriving. And we were profitable at the level of, of profitability so I can take care of my team at a higher level and take care of my family and offer a good service to this community. All those are there. And I'm willing to do 80 hours this summer if that's needed, because my new mindset shift is I want to take care of my team at a whole nother level, a whole nother level. And that's financially. I take care of them emotionally and spiritually, but they deserve the team that's ran with us really hard in this past year. They deserve so much more. And I say that openly and publicly, and we're not there yet, but I will get them there. And when I do, I'm going to share that with you. That's my big goal. My big goal is, is to take care of my family at another level. My big goal is to teach at a higher level, and I'm rewriting all our programs. So I have a lot of goals now in relationship to my culture and the school, and I will work 100 hours. There's no, there's no ceiling to that for me. Cool? So- Let's do that, Marco. Let's find ourselves a winner today. Who is the winner? Who is our winner today? Go ahead and, and, and find me a winner. Put it, put it in there. And, and let's do this, sir. Let's do this. So the winner of today's discovery call is who? Yeah, Adam. You know, Hanshi Kovar is an amazing soul. And while we're waiting for a winner, I just want to remind you, you can find me everywhere, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, the Disruptor Group page, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm all over social media. Subscribe to my YouTube page. There's hundreds of hours of learning there. Subscribe to our Disruptor page. In the files alone, there's hundreds of thousands of dollars of content free to you. I don't promote that too much because I want you to be a miner of data. Mine the data that fits your value system and then apply that. Apply it, apply that. Yes, sir. And I want to make sure that, that I thank my sponsors. You know, my sponsors are a gift. Once again, please, my studio, give them a big hand. Kids Love Life Skills, LC Accounting. All three of these sponsors allow me to do what I do and they support me in my vision and my cause. So I thank them for being disruptors and cultivating this, this environment that we get to do every, every week. Cool. So, Marco, are you still with me there? While I'm waiting for that, I'm going to tell you seven spots for It's Time Life Change, the four-day experience. Only seven spots left. We opened it up for seven. The 20 sold out like that. And it's November. It's a four-day experience. It's like a retreat. So we do business. We do rotating curriculum. We do leadership. We do mind mapping. But it's really the discovery of the self. And in this world of great change, embracing change more than ever is what I believe is going to help you be happier and promote abundance in your life. And of course, profitability. We should all be financially profitable. Make no mistake. I might be a tree hugger kumbaya, but I'm very much into be creating a profitable business that serves my team and my community and my family. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So what you got for me, Marco? Let's see if we got a winner. Do we have a winner, winner, chicken dinner? Did you put that in there for me, Marco? Ashton won? Today's winner is Ashton. Hey, Ashton, right on, sir. You and I could spend 30 minutes talking about your vision of how you want to help grow Believe Martial Arts. I think that's a good day. Make sure you set that up um, and, and we'll get you scheduled in for that. So folks, I want to thank you so, so much for being here today. You know, I think it's, it's a gift to have somebody like Hanshi Kovar. I know I've said that so many times today, but I love learning. I love growing and, and I love inspiration because that's inertia, that's fuel for me. And there's not a single time that I've ever walked away from a conversation with Hanshi that I don't feel like I can do and be better. And I don't mean that in, in like, oh, I suck way. I mean that in, wow, I can do and be better. And he believes in me. And I believe that's something we can take and make sure every time we step on the mat that we're showing our students through challenging them that they can do and be better. But we do it in such a way that they're inspired, they feel positive, and most, they feel grateful. Because if I'm full of greatness, I'm truly grateful. Cool, cool, cool. Hey, I am Brandon Beliso. This is Success Never Sleeps. Until we talk again, what are we going to go out there and do? Live your best life.